there's nobody out there that is here to save you. You can have guides, you can have teachers, you can have mentors, you can have friends, you can have somebody that holds your hand and that is nudging you, challenging you, triggering you, inspiring you. But at the end of the day, happiness is an insider job. You are the one that is responsible for your feelings. You are the one that is re- responsible for your experiences. Okay, so you have a shitty relationship. So why do you choose to stay? Okay, so you have uh, a job that doesn't satisfy you or give you the money that you want. Okay, so, you know, to a different choice. Okay, so every time that you become aware of this and you take it back to yourself, that is to take radical responsibility and to say, thank you. Thank you for challenging me. Thank you for triggering me. And, and I mean, it's not easy at the moment, but, you know, we can snap and we can become angry. We're only humans. But then you, you sort of see it and you catch yourself and you say, I'm sorry, you know, sorry for lashing out on you or sorry for being so frustrated. Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Konstantin Moron, and today's guest is Ulrika Carlson, a beacon of resilience and transformation. From battling depression, stress, and sleep disorders to a point of being suicidal, Ulrika embarked on an empowering journey to change the narrative of her life. Today, she is a successful author, feminine leadership coach, international spiritual teacher, and yoga therapist. Her autobiographical book, 247, The Journey Home to My Heart, offers a raw and moving account of her journey. It has become an international source of inspiration, offering hope to those grappling with mental illness. In today's conversation, we explore Ulrika's transition from darkness to light, while delve into the shadow work that became her path to recovery, and how others can use their struggles as gifts to open new paths in their life. We'll also discuss the transformative power of choice and love. Get ready for an insightful and unforgettable conversation that could change the way you perceive life and its challenges. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Ulrika Carlson to the show. Ulrika, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you were on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Ulrika, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me, Constantine. I'm really looking forward to, to have this talk with you and to share our energy out into the ether. So thank you for having me. It's, it's my pleasure. So... Tell us a bit about your journey. Where would you like to start? Yeah, I know that my journey when I was depressed and suicidal, it inspires many people because I know that many people can relate to it, even though that they might not be so depressed so that others are suicidal. But most of us that live in the world today, we are more or less stressed in one way and When we are stressed and we don't, you know, pay attention or we don't do anything differently, we don't deal with the stress or the situations that is causing the stress, then the stress will lead to not being at ease, aka dis-ease. So in the Western world today, we see most of us 
that are, you know, sick comes from stress-related sort of different symptoms. So, and my journey is that I have been really, really depressed, burnout, and also suicidal. So I think that could be a good way to to start. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, about. that's such a difficult journey to be on. I can only imagine. I mean, I've been depressed myself last year quite a bit. So I can relate with that part. But yeah, I cannot wait to hear how you've overcome that and some of the lessons you might perhaps have learned through the struggles you've had and how you help others overcome their own struggles. Thank you. So the way I see it now when I'm, you know, uh, at the other end of the tunnel is that a depression or a disease of some sorts or some kind of chaos is actually a disguised gift. The word chaos in Greek actually means from chaos comes order, divine order. So I think it is our souls within us that has tried to communicate with us for a very long time and we haven't paid attention, we haven't listened. So the soul sort of nudges us out of our comfort zone. Maybe, you know, like a divorce or, as we already said, some kind of sickness or disease for you to realign yourself with who you are on a soul level. Because we are only experiences these kind of things when we are disaligned or misaligned. When we are not who we supposedly are and what, do what we, we should be doing. And for me, it was a journey of many, many years. It started with sleeping disorders when I was very, very young. I am 52 today, so it started in my early teen teenagers. So I had sleeping disorders, and it started really gradually. Like, first, I had really difficulties in, in falling asleep, right? And then I had these a couple of years, and then I adapted to that, and then I then I, in the nighttime, I started to wake up many times per night. And then I adapted to that over the time and over the years. And then these gaps, these intervals where I was sleeping, they became less and less. And eventually I found myself in a very, very dark place where I only slept 15 minutes per night. So my first book is actually called 2.47 a.m., The Journey Home to My Heart. And this is my autobiography about my journey from depression, mental illness, being suicidal and coming back into life. And 2.47 a.m. was the time that I woke up every night after only 15 minutes of sleep. And every night I experienced nightmares where I was being murdered, tortured, and, and slaughtered in my dreams. So I woke up with panic in my heart. My heart was pounding and I had this stale taste of blood in my mouth. I was so panicking I didn't know where I was until I caught the alarm clock and it was 2.47 a.m. And then I knew that I had, you know, only slept for 15 minutes. And in these 15 minutes, they have been really full of horrible, horrible nightmares. And every time that I woke up at 2.47 a.m., I had these images still uh, burning on my retina. So 
and you know, so over the years, I became sort of adapted to this poor sleep, but obviously it affected my health in so many areas. My cognitive abilities were gone. I had eating disorders, sleeping disorders, obviously. I was depressed. I was suicidal. I had panic attacks. I had problems with my stomach. I had eczema. So a lot of different stress-related symptoms and together, you know, like, like a total mess, a total chaos. So for me, where I am now, I truly believe that I had to co- go through all of that to become more conscious of who I am, why I'm here, and what's my mission here on Earth. So I remember at the time, uh, one of my sort of wake-up calls or one of my profound moments was that I I was married at the time, but I never told my husband that I had these nightmares and that I was so depressed and that I was burnout and totally exhausted. I just told him that I was very, very tired. I had two small kids at the time. And so I told him I was very tired, so I wanted to go away to my parents' cabin out into the Swedish archipelago. And I was so sensitive of any kind of light and sound, so I was my nervous system was like firing all the time. I was like, a junkie. So I went out to the archipelago, just telling my husband that I was really, really tired and that I needed some time by myself. And when I go out into the archipelago, it's in the winter. I am from Sweden, so it's pitch black and a lot of snow. But I turn off the electricity, I turn off the the heater, the freeze, everything because I couldn't stand these these noises. And then I remember I'm having a feeling or a sensation that I have this volcano within me that is about to erupt. And it scares the shit out of me because I don't know what it is and why. I don't know how to handle it. And at the time I had really, you know, big issues with sleeping, eating disorders. So I tried to control my many emotions and I suppressed them by controlling food. That was like a tool for me at the time. But I have this feeling something is about to erupt, so I walk out into the forest in the Swedish Swedish archipelago, and it's a beautiful winter's day. The sun is shining, and the snow is falling down. And then it feels like something is moving within me at quite a quick uh, pace, and it scares the the shit out of me so I'm walking even faster and then I can feel it's moving even more and obviously I don't know what it is so I'm trying to you know to think my way around it and try to suppress it and I try to distract myself from this unknown horrible sensation in my body and then I just hear like a snap within me and at the same time I get this cruciating pain in my chest it's like being stabbed by a knife straight through my heart and I'm falling down into the snow thinking oh my god I'm gonna die here I'm gonna you know I'm having a massive heart attack I'm gonna die here all by myself in the forest I didn't have time to say goodbye to my kids nobody knows where I am because I'm straight out you know in the pitch dark forest or or in in the forest 
And so I'm falling down into the snow. I grab on to my heart, trying to sort of press it inwards because it feels like it was going to be shattered into a million pieces. And then I hear another snap while I'm falling down. And this whatever volcano that is inside of me, it just starts suddenly. It's like I hear this, you know, primal screams from a dying animal or, you know, something. And, and I'm lying there, not only afraid that I'm going to die, that I have this heart attack, only, you know, also thinking that, oh, my God, there's wolves here or, you know, bears or whatever that are really dangerous. Until I realized that these sounds came from within me, from from a space I didn't even know existed. So there I lie in the snow, holding onto my heart, yeah. uh, lying in a fetus position, and I'm crying, I am howling, I'm screaming, I'm yelling, my body's moving, it's twisting, jerking, and I just, you know, the pain is too much to handle, so I just sort of surrender, you know, just welcome death. And so there I am many, many hours, and... You know, I lose track of time and space. I don't know where I am. It's like this sort of deep, deep, deep animalistic instinct within me that, ha that has taken over. And so when I finally come to my senses, it's many hours later because it's pitch black there in the forest and I can hear. It's like my senses has been enhanced. I can hear the snowflakes falling, I can see different shapes and forms, even though it's pitch black. And for the first time in my life, it is completely still in my brain. No thoughts. And I just have these, the best way I can describe it is like sort of expansion, a stillness expanding. And that was the first time that I you know, encountered this kind of deep, calm, relaxed emotion for, you know, decades. I've never experienced anything like that. And I didn't know at the time what it was all about, and I didn't understand it. I just knew I had this deep inner knowing that what I had been through was in a way profound for me. So that is one of my turning points, because at the when I went home after the forest, you know, I couldn't move really fast. I had to walk really slow. And I was so in tune with my inner realms, how I felt this stillness and expansion. And it was all still. I, I couldn't think one thought. So when I come back to the cabin, and for the first time in decades, you know, I don't have anxiety. I don't feel panic. I, I don't, you know... So I'm sitting there in the darkness in, in a rocking chair all night and feeling that something profound has just happened to me, even though that I didn't know what it was. So this was the starting point for me to sort of meet, embrace, dive into, and to transform all my inner emotions and feelings that I have ever suppressed. Because I know now that I am an intuitive empath, I'm very, very sensitive. I sense 
not only how other people feel, but I can also feel their emotions. So everything that I had suppressed, I'm from Sweden, we have this culture here that we are not supposed to show or express too big emotions, whether you're happy or sad or angry or scared or whatever. So over the years and over the centuries, I had sort of, over the decades, I had built up this inner pressure of a lot of stored unresolved emotions and feelings and traumas that I wasn't even aware of. So I've spent many, many years, you know, allowing all kinds of feelings to emerge to the surface because we cannot change what we are not even aware of. So when things come to the surface, it's an opportunity for you, you know, to to see it with, with the eyes of your consciousness and to become aware, okay, so this is information, information that we all have deep within us as we, you know, only have access to 5% of consciousness. So, uh, yeah, so my journey started there in the forest where I was, I, I thought I was having a heart attack and, you know, was about to die. And instead it was a turning point for a better and greater life, more aligned with who I am on a soul level. Yeah. What an incredible story there, Olis. And I, I was having shivers over my spine as you were, as you were sharing that, right? Because it's an incredible story. You don't hear that type of transformation or event very often. And I would imagine some people were even told them that they're like, did it really happen or did she dream it? But I can totally see how the universe, like you said, was sending you messages or your higher self or God, whatever people believe in, and you weren't receiving them. And you had to be one of these big moment to align you on the path or becoming the best version of yourself and becoming who you're, who you're meant to be, who you want to be. Exactly. So what happened next? Like how long did it take you to process what happened and make changes? A very good yeah. question. I wish I could tell you who's listening, you know, that's a quick fix. But for me, it wasn't. And I don't believe that there are quick fixes like that because what I truly believe is that we all have deep conditioned programs that are residing in our subconscious or unconscious mind, these 95% where we don't have access to that easily. So I do believe that a lot of traumas, a lot of stress, unresolved emotions, etc., are being stored in each and one of us due to our, you know, cultural and social conditioning. And I believe that, you know, each country have their own sort of also programs, not only do we have programs in the collective, but we also have sort of some some kind of differences in our cultural and social programming. But so for me, it took many, many, many years because I was so, my my body was so exhausted, my adrenals, my inner organs were so depleted and so exhausted. It's like a metaphor, like a bank account. If I'm only, you know, doing withdrawal all the time, I'm taking up money, taking up money, taking up money, what will happen? Well, I would be bankruptcy, right? So I had to work through layers and layers of, you know, stored traumas and unresolved emotions from this lifetime, from my ancestral lineages on my mother's side and my father's side, and also, I'm a yogi, and we believe that energy never dies. We believe that energy is just being transformed into different shapes and forms. And with that said, that means 
that all of us have been here, you know, living lives, previous lifetimes, reincarnated into this body in this lifetime. So we have all these accumulated traumas from past lifetimes residing in our subconscious and unconscious mind. And we all have been perpetrators, soldiers. We have all been victims. And these energies, these programs are lingering in the 95% of our subconscious programs, which govern us even today. You know, it controls our love relationships. It controls our relationship with money, with ourselves, how we are illusioned to believe, you know, that we are something else. So I, my, my deepest belief is that within us, we have our ego. All of us have, have the ego and the ego's, ego's um, task is to keep us safe. And we are always kept safe by the ego in the comfort zone, right? But we know that there's no growth in the comfort zone. So that's where the soul comes in because the soul, it doesn't want you just to survive. Your soul wants you to thrive. And that means that it pushes you out of the comfort zone, you know? You are meeting people who are triggering you. You are experiences experiencing hardships and challenging things in life. We all have them. And how we are navigate through them, it's also an opportunity for growth, for personal growth. So the way I see it was that I am a very stubborn person. So for me, I had to go, you know, all the way to rock bottom because I didn't listen. I didn't my body was communicating with me many, many, many years before I got suicidal and depressed, but I was so busy and too much up in my headspace, too much in my ego, doing, doing, performing, always being busy. So I didn't pay attention. So for me, it was like I had to really hit rock bottom before I could make the changes and they took me many 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 years and I've been you know attending to a lot of different holistic modalities um, but the main thing for healing is you know to do your inner shadow work people call it shadow or your inner wounds or traumas whatever we, we call them because we all have them and that is the energy that we are transmitting you know, out into the collective consciousness. So once we become aware that we have a lot of traumas, we have a lot of stress, we have a lot of unresolved emotions, then we have the opportunity to change them and to transform it into more consciousness, more light, more awareness. So for me, that was an ongoing journey for maybe, you know, like 10, 10 years before, before I had ma made so much uh, depositions into that bank account myself so that I had more energy that I was, you know, taking out. Yeah. That's powerful that Ulrika. And I can, I can agree with you a hundred percent that I have the same beliefs. And even though I've been on my, on my spiritual journey and self-discovery journey for a shorter period of time, I'm coming to realize exactly what you just said, right? We all have, things that we bury deep down inside. And until we look inwards and we look at what we hold inside of us and allow them to come up, it's going to be very hard to truly 
do personal development work because everything you do that's external, the way I see it is just like putting another layer of paint on top of, let's say, a rusty foundation. Yes. So we can come in and do the work. Yes. And and that is also why we are all contributing to the mess that we see in the world today. Because we all have that inner mess within us, even though if we are conscious of it or not. Because most people, you know, there's so many things also designed here where we live in the matrix, in the third dimensional, where we have our physical bodies. And to be here in 3D, it's a very dense experience, like fear, for instance, fear and worry and, you know, frustration. These experiences are very low in density. And that's why we are experiencing them, you know, through our physical bodies. But that is also can be used as a trampoline, you know, to dive deeper within and to transform because I cannot, you know, do good things out here, change the world if I'm a total mess myself. So the change that I really want to do and that I want to contribute to by the world, it starts with me. So I can't sit here and, you know, tell people what to do or how government should do or, you know, how we should manage pollution and, and uh, environmental issues when I'm full of inner shit myself. The great thing is, though, that we can use our inner shits, our karma, our wounds, traumas, shadows, etc. We can use that inner shit as fertilizer for us to grow, if we choose so, because we always have a choice. As a free soul, and I'm writing about it here in my latest book, it's called The Sacred soul a divine evolution through time and space and this book is here to to remind us on who we are we are not our physical bodies we are not our minds we are not our thoughts we are not our experiences we are divine souls from divine source each and one of us with, with a unique frequency a divine expression from divine source but we have forgotten that we are divine and we have forgotten that we are from source and we are be being governed by our unconscious and subconscious mind and these programs. And this is how we also maintain and uphold these energies out into the collective consciousness. That's why there's wars, conflicts. That's why we are polluting, you know, our environment, etc. So once we get to do the inner work, and that's a choice because we can choose to stay where we are comfort. We can choose to stay in a poor relationship, even though that we know it's poor, even though that we long for something more, but we might not have the courage or the visions or the energy for that right now. But so it's all, then it's a choice to being stuck, right? And our souls always tries to move us forward into our, you know, the evolution of our souls so we can be our best individual, unique, divine expression from source. So each and one of us can serve others, you know, because we are all here to serve one way or another. One people makes the most delicious food and nourishments for our bodies. Another people write music 
and and I'm like a spiritual healer and spiritual teacher because most of us we are so spiritually disconnected, right? So we live here in the matrix, running around in the hamster wheel, and we believe our monkey mind. The Buddhists refers to it, our mind as the monkey mind. It's always moving, always you know overthinking, overwhelming, etc. So we can choose to stay where we are in that poor relationship or poor relationship within ourselves or, you know, whatever, or we can choose to evolve. And not always that the evolution is just like sitting. Many people believe that I'm a yogi and it's just like, and you're in a bliss. No. The more light the more awareness and consciousness you want to have access to, the more shadows, traumas, inner darkness you need to transform. Yeah, because you can't have one without the other, right? Exactly. 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 Uh, let me ask you this, Erika. That's all uh, really fascinating when you really think about it and see with it, right? And we, you talked about this already the idea that awareness is the first step, being aware that, A, you have a choice, and B, you have all these traumas because of how good your upbringing was or your life has been so far. And then, of course, having a choice to do something about it. How have you seen people responding to this task that, well, they have to look inwards? And the reason I ask this is because I've noticed in my own case it took years and years to accept the fact that the answers I was looking for were not external of me, but they were internal. And then I had to go through some dark times and a lot of different experiences to be able to come on the other side and begin the journey, right? Just at the beginning of it. So what have you seen with the people that read your book or you worked with in guiding them on this path and what type of resistance are you seeing and how can we overcome it? Great questions. Thank you. So the way the way I see it is, I don't know if you know about numerology. Yes. So in numerology, I'm a number eight, meaning that I am here to stir things up, you know. And I also, my soul destiny's number is 11, which is a master's number. So my mission here is to inspire and empower others and it's, you know, it's like this saying, the truth shall set you free, but first it might piss you off, right? <laughs> so many people find me very, you know, inspirational. And that is good because you can you can empower somebody if if they feel inspired or, you know, attracted to you and your energy or your work, etc. And other people find themselves challenged. And that is also a good starting point because the challenges that are in our face all the challenges we face, you know, the outer triggers out there, something is happening, I react. Something is happening and I react. And we blame it on, you know, it's my, my parents' fault. It's the society's fault. It's my boss' fault. We never take full responsibility that, you know, whatever I am experiencing is within me. Uh, like, I just want to give you a quick example. So I do a, a teacher training now for people here in Sweden. And there's this lady and she is so frustrated with me 
you know she's so frustrated with me and she finds circumstances all the time the the lights on my videos are bad the sound is bad she can't hear what i'm saying uh my questions uh, are challenging and she's so frustrated so everything that i you know give her and you know teach her and make her see makes her frustrated and she blames it on me you know that the sound is bad that that the lights the video is not working etc instead of realizing and to take radical responsibility okay wow i have this feeling of frustration so instead of blaming it on somebody out there what is the information like when was the first time i was frustrated what is this message really trying to tell me okay maybe i'm frustrated at myself because i feel that i'm not enough or maybe i feel you know these challenges that are too big for me but they're not because we're always just given exactly what we are ready for right so instead of and this is also what most of us do our perception the way we look upon ourselves and the world we project outwardly and this is also why we are contributing to the mess because if i have a lot of fears i have a lot of negativity i have a lot of worries and then i project it out there so it's it's people are both inspired and both challenged and i say that is great because that is you know one way or the other a way for you to become more aware to become more conscious and from there take more conscious and radical responsibility but as we continue to abdicate our power you know that you know the frustration and i keep telling my clients that whatever you are experiencing it's nothing you know that is good or bad better or worse than anything else it's just information but everything that you experience is within you and therefore it's up to you to navigate through it and if i'm going to continue and uphold the energy of always blaming somebody else in this case me then i'm not taking radical responsibility then there is no growth then there is no evolution because then i just keep repeating you know what i've always done and then the results that i've done will always be repeating itself so but i always say that challenges and triggers are good because they are disguised gifts if you choose to see it that way and i love this so much ulrika and i can resonate with it 100% it's almost like you're speaking to my past self as well because i've been there right and i think most of us have been always passing on responsibility to others you know that person cut me off in traffic and that's why i'm pissed off exactly right <laughs> like that's a good example for me because that happened so many times in the past and it was maybe i'm pissed off because i left the house too late and i'm going to be late to that meeting not because this person cut me off or there's construction or whatever it's because of a choice I made. Exactly. Me, it didn't start to make sense until like you provided some good examples that I started looking inwards and said, okay, let's challenge myself and see, did I really have a choice? A and B, was it really the responsibility lying with someone else or with me? And every time I no matter how many examples I would pick, from the simplest to the more complex ones, I could always narrow it down to something I chose to do. Exactly. And there was such a huge eye-opening moment you're like oh, okay that doesn't make sense <laughs> it's a huge eye-opening moment it is amazing and annoying at the same time because at that point 
you realize, okay, I'm annoyed, I'm frustrated, I'm tired, whatever that I am or experiencing. Uh, and I, you know, I want to educate my power saying it's my partner's wrong or it's my kids, you know, they're teenagers and they're being, no, it always comes back to oneself. Okay, so here's another layer of information. Here's another opportunity for growth. So it's, you know, amazing and annoying. And you know that there's nobody out there that is here to save you. You can have guides. You can have teachers. You can have mentors. You can have friends. You can have somebody that holds your hand and that is nudging you, challenging you, triggering you, inspiring you. At the end of the day, happiness is an inside job you are the one that is responsible for your feelings you are the one that is re responsible for your experiences okay so you have a shitty relationship so why do you choose to stay okay so you have uh, a job that doesn't you know satisfy you or give you the money that you want okay so you know to a different choice okay so you are and, you know, your health is bad. Okay, so choose differently, you know. So every time that you become aware of this and you take it back to yourself, that is to take radical responsibility and, you know, to say thank you. Thank you for challenging me. Thank you for triggering me. And, and I mean, it's not easy at the moment, but, you know, we can snap and we can become angry. We're only humans. But then you, you sort of see it and you catch yourself and you say, I'm sorry, you know, sorry for lashing out on you or sorry for being so frustrated. It's all me because a couple of weeks ago, I had so much frustration over my client and I was talking to my partner. I'm like, it doesn't matter what I do. She's so frustrated and she doesn't want to pay, you know, this month fee for the teacher training. And and the way she expresses is like she she says, you wouldn't do this or you wouldn't do that, assuming, you know, my reactions. And then, you know, my partner, he tried to solve it at first. And then he was just, you know, looking at me and, you know, so who are you angry with, really? I'm angry with myself. I'm angry, you know, for putting myself into this position once again, you know being too kind and taken advantage of. And, you know, I wanted to give her this teacher training and suggested to her, okay, you know, you can split the payments. It doesn't matter. I really want to give you this. So I'm angry with myself, right? So, <laughs> but there's a lot of growth in that. And I believe if we've done this, you know, on an automatic, you know, like an auto response hundred times, but then you catch yourself. So then you might not doing as long or as deep as you have done before. And then you might only do it 99 times out of 100. And then you might do it 97. So it's like this progress. And the more we take rad radical responsibility, the more we, we become aware of, the also the more layers we have, you know, access to, to clear out. And so it, it is so exciting. It's so multidimensional. I just want to mention also like this book, Holy Fuck, and Sacred Water, The Secret Connections to Everything. And here we are describing anything from a, a micro perspective, like on a cellular level, out to the macro perspective in the universe. 
and that everything that I'm talking about here is stored in our waters, you know, uh, the sacred water within us. We contain of more than 70, 75% of water. And these memories from these lifetimes uh, where we didn't express how we felt, where we didn't heal our traumas or stress or anything, we just suppressed it. Everything is stored within our waters, in our cells, in our DNA. So in your DNA, you have access to all these conscious and unconscious programs that we all have. So that's why it is so important to clear out on a cellular level, you know, our water, because water conducts electricity and water comes with codes. And water also equals emotions and our inner blood, you know, blood pumping around in our veins. So that's why also the world looks like this mess because we are so polluted in our inner waters. And this is also a reflection on how we treat Mother Earth, how we pollute outer oceans, lakes, etc., with our mindsets, with our ways of living, because there are millions of ways and strategies to distract us, to numb us, to pollute us, right? So this 3D that we are in, it's designed for us to be distracted and numbed. And everything that we can use, we can also abuse. Like I know in you live in America right now, right? North America, yeah, Canada. Canada, sorry, yeah. But in yeah, most North Western America. countries, we have these illusionary mindsets that, you know, working hard is good, working a lot is good. And, you know, being, a, how do you say, workaholic, that is something that is good. Yay, she's very effective. He's very good at what he does, etc. But actually, that is a big, big illusion because a workaholic is a severe disconnection in the root chakra. So what you are lacking in your, you know, self-worth, you try to compensate with a high self confidence right and we are in the illusions that we need to do something to be loved we need to earn love and the more we do the better we are in school with higher grades the more love we will get that is just one big fucked up illusion so uh, and everything of these are stored within ourselves and our dna that's a uh, really powerful Ulrika, again, thank you for sharing that. And I can definitely see how that works. And it's something that I've heard a few times now already, especially with um, the idea of the mentalities that we all have and how everything is keeping us so busy and so distracted that we don't have time to sit and listen to ourselves and do the inner, inner work. And one follow-up question I'll have to what you just shared as well is what are some tools that you've seen work for people to start doing this work? Because we talked about becoming aware first, right? That's the first step, knowing you have a choice. But then some people may ask, well, what next? What can I do? And I know that not one tool will work for everyone, right? There's so many tools. Some may work for you, some may not. But I'm curious to see what you've seen in your experience of helping others 
and yourself of some tools that people may be able to employ? Good question. You have many good questions, Constantine. So I, tr- I truly believe in my, my own personal professional experience is, and in, so this is also the paradox. Most of us, we try to solve, you know, the problem. We are trained, we are more used to be problem solvers. Okay, so here's a problem. The problem is that, I'm, that I don't feel good. I, I have this symptom or this disease or I'm not happy. So I try to solve this problem with my mind, which created the problem in the first place, right? So, and many people also, I, I'm a yogi, but many people also believe that, you know, think positive, do a lot of affirmations, and if I'm only thinking positive, there's also this saying, you know, put it in a bubble and blow it away. This is a very mental approach, right? And it won't address the things that are stored within your body because everything that is stored within the body needs the body in one way or another to work through it, you know? Most of us also are doing spiritual bypass because that's why we are so much in the headspace. And then we relax. Maybe we go to yoga class and we ah, enter into our bodies and into our hearts. And all of a sudden, you know, there's this what people label as discomfort feeling or, you know, I don't feel well or, oh, my God, I feel anxiety or, or here's a lot of grief or, oh, I'm scared of this and that. Because these emotions are surfacing when we are relaxed. They don't, you know, when we are being busy and distracted all the time. But when we are relaxing and sinking into our bodies, descending into our bodies, these feelings and suppressed traumas, they come to the surface. They come as information. And then many of us are like, oh, no, something is happening. So we keep, you know, try to suppress them again with food, with medica- medications, with drugs, alcohol, work, et cetera, et cetera. So everything that we can use, we can also abuse, right? So something interesting came to mind right now because there is a saying, at least in North America, at least that I know of, that you usually get sick after a period of stress. So when you're stressed and you're working really hard, you can push through it. But as soon as you calm down, you maybe take a vacation, that's when everything hits you, like a disease or a sickness. And the way you explained what happens now actually finally clicks as to why that happens. Because yes. you're finally relaxed and these things are coming up and now there's nowhere to hide. Exactly. And exactly. But if I keep myself busy all the time, whether it's mental, you know, business or physical or emotional or, you know, being in projects all the time, so I never, because this is also like a strategy not to feel, right? And then you are upholding the very same thing that you want to escape from. So to answer your question is that we always have to use the body to work through the body. And in my toolbox, I work with everything from uh, yoga, from karma clearings, from uh tantra from you know quantum applied quantum physics different healing modalities but it all comes back to it 
all comes back to to allow these suppressed emotions to flow freely. You can even hear it by the name emotions. It means energy in motion. Emotions are designed to move through us. But again, we hold on, we cling to them, we avoid them, and they become what I call frozen emotions. So frozen emotions... So then you're not in flow, you're out of flow, you know, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, whatever. So these frozen emotions, again, the water element, right? So these frozen emotions keep us stuck in a relationship, in our own mindset, in our, you know. So we try to escape and the energy is moving further up in the headspace and we try to solve the problem even more. We try to look for solutions out here, etc. Again, we need to descend and to move through the layers and layers and layers of emotions, you know, suppressed emotions, traumas, etc. And for many of us, when these comes to surface, we become afraid, right? Okay, oh, this is a feeling I don't want to have. So then we are back, you know, in the chase, in, in being busy and suppressing. So most of us, we are upholding the energies that we try to escape from. And that is, that is also what the big Buddha said that is causing the suffering for us humans. It is aversion, like we're trying to avoid, you know, uncomfortable feelings. We try to un- avoid these things that is being stirred up with us. As I started to talk about my own journey, you know, this volcano, and I tried to distract myself walking faster and thinking, you know, around it, etc. Um, but when you've done it a couple of times, you recognize, okay, this is just information. This is just a frozen emotion. This is just, you know, a blockage, a stuckness. And when you work through all these layers and layers and de- of dense stored emotions then you have access to more flow to more consciousness to more awareness to the things that your soul truly desires rather than being stuck and hold on in by the comfort zone by the ego so and being depressed is a good way to start because depressed if you look at the word how you spell it because we know that words are spells and we cast spells So depressed also is deep rest, a deep rest for body, mind, and soul. So that means that this is an opportunity for growth, right? Very interesting to look at it that way. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. I would imagine, at least for me, as I'm thinking through this, going through the cells, working through clearing your water, as you said, that's... I can't see an easy way of doing that, right? Like you say, you have to put in the work, you have to spend time, and it has to be thorough by the looks of it. And it requires different tools that may or may not work for you, right? You have to try and see which one works for you as an individual. Yeah, but it always has to involve the body. You know, whether you do tantra, whether you do yoga, whether you do uh, anger release, whether you do, you know, because I work with all these, you know, as tools to guide people back to themselves, to empower people, you know, back to themselves. And even though it might feel uncomfortable at the beginning because we are so unexperienced to experience, there's a reason why we have suppressed these emotions. They're dense, they're heavy, and they're not 
pleasant to be in. But the longer we can sit, just sit with an emotion and use your breathing, like conscious breathing, to allow the emotions to move, you know, like waves up and downs. The more I can sit with an emotion, regardless of how dense and intense it is, the more, you know, it will start to, the density will be dissolved and the emotion will be flowing freely again. And then beneath or underneath these stored frozen emotions, there is this happiness, there is this light, this stillness, this trust, this, you know, essence of who you are. So the more you dare to go in to your wounds, your shadows, your your traumas, etc., the more access you have and the more water you're free with different codes of consciousness. So it, it is it, it is truly a work that everybody needs to do for themselves you know, for getting the life they want and also for the collective consciousness. But it's also not everybody that chooses it. Most people or many people choose, you know, the comfort zone or where it's safe or to just to dig a little, you know. But the more you dig, the more you find, the more gems you find. Yeah, so that's a really good way to look at it. And I'm seeing it day in and day out of myself. When I began on this journey years ago, I couldn't even imagine what I am today. And even more so once, like you said, once you start digging deeper and deeper, it gets more challenging, but more beautiful at the same time. And the results, you don't even need to see them in yourself because you'll see them around you. And of course, you'll see them in yourself as well, but you'll see how you interact with people. You'll see how they interact with you. You'll see how you carry yourself. At least I'm seeing it from my own eyes, but also what I'm being told around me, which is... I would say in a way, a really good thing because you, as you progress through this journey, you get to see tangible results. Not necessarily you can touch them, but you can see them, you can hear them, and you can see the impact you're having on people. Yes, it's like you are both the researcher, uh, the participant, the observer, and you are your own receipt. Like, for instance, I wouldn't be sitting here today if I hadn't done my inner work then I would have been dead you know you know <laughs> a corpse long time ago so I wouldn't be here and and I I sort of come back to this sentence that the truth shall set you free but first it might piss you off because deep inside of ourselves we know this you know we know this but we dread to go there because it is challenging it is intense it is, you know, a one-man one job that is your job and your responsibility. There's no knight, white knight on a white horse coming to save you. There's no, you know, healer, teacher, whatever that can save you because it all comes back to yourself. People can provide you with the tools. People can talk about their own path. They have done the journey before you. You can be inspired or challenged. But at the end of the day, it's your choice and you choose, you know, what is important and also I also want to take the opportunity to to see you know like what has been going on in our faces for the last like three years 
that has been, you know, the universe is also designed. And, and this is the book uh, where I'm writing about this, the sacred solar divine evolution through time and space, that we have made so many negative choices, each and one of us, in this lifetime, in previous lifetimes. And maybe in this, this lifetime, I haven't been a soldier or a perpetrator, you know, murdering or torturing or raping somebody else, but I have been the perpetrator in my own life. How I looked upon myself, how I perceived myself, how I treated myself. I wouldn't treat nobody, you know, as bad as I treated myself. I was, when I was depressed and suicidal, I was so full of self-hatred. I hated myself. I hated how I looked like. I hated my life. I hated my body, you know, so I was so much, so filled of self-contempt and disdain and and then I didn't at the time I didn't understand why you know why I didn't feel good with all these thoughts weighing down on me and dragging me down so if you if we truly see also what has been going on over the past three years it's been in our faces like 2020 it's actually the year of the heart so the universe conspired and in our faces through us a little virus and we had the 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 choice to choose love but most of us choose fear right and this is also how we treated each other you know this separation that has been caused between people who took the jab or who didn't take the jab or you know whatever this separation that has been into family lines and so the universe gave us an opportunity for the evolution of our souls to remember who we are, to choose love, because we are love. We are love from divine source at its origin. But as we, over time, you know, through time and space, uh, we have made negative choices, we have killed others, we have been victims, etc. And this energy is still lingering out and we are all transmitting it out in the collective consciousness, like radio stations. So instead of choosing the higher vibration, the higher frequency of love, you know, most of us went into fear. And this is also what was being projected by mass media, etc. And this caused even more disconnection, you know, from families, from partners, from, from society, etc., so that is very interesting because we had an opportunity to rise and uh, to remember who we are on a soul level. Instead, we chose the old programming, the conditioned programming, okay? And 2021, 2022, uh, 2023, this is the year where we should connect even deeper to our souls and just take a look, you know, what is going on in the world. So... We are always given opportunities for growth, but we need to choose to take them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. And um, one thing I want to come back to first, the importance of the message you delivered around the fact that everyone is on this journey, first and foremost, on their own. But at the same time, they have people around them that can help them, they can guide them, right? They can mentor them, coach them, and so on. So I, I love that message because I feel the same way where whichever unique journey, it's tough, 
but together is how we're going to reach the destination, whatever the destination might be. Totally, totally. Yeah, a better world for us to live in, a world that is, you know, free from toxics, from chemicals, from waste, from how we are polluting, you know, ourselves and the environment. And also both yoga and quantum physics talk about entanglement. So even though that it's an inner work, we are all in this together, you know. So we are in this together. We have created it, this mess together so we can also uncreate and co-create something better. So even though there's an individual journey, we are all in the same boat because if this boat goes down, like the world, if the world that we know it and, you know, our home, if we destroy this planet, then we won't have a home. It's as simple as that. Exactly, exactly. I want to take it a different direction just for a second here, Ulrika. I'd like to ask these questions towards uh, the end of the conversation. I know, we, you know we've chatted for about 60 minutes now. But if you could go back in time to one of those dark periods you, you had to face, right, either before you made it to your home in the archipelago or wherever, and you could give yourself a piece of advice to help you on the journey to find yourself, to find your true heart, right? Your true true purpose. What would you advise yourself in that moment? First of all, like, everything is well, you know? Everything is well, and you are held, even though it doesn't feel like it, you don't experience that you are held, because when you are there, you feel quite alone. You feel quite, you know, alone, isolated, scared, etc., etc. But you're not. You're never alone. And it's a good start. It's a good start. And I would also tell myself that don't be so hard on yourself. You know, each and one of us, we're doing the best we can with what we have at any given moment. And nowadays, I have much more love and compassion for myself because I have the capacity for it. I didn't have it back then. I did the best I could with, you know, the little I had. So don't be so hard on yourself. I love that message, especially because it resonates with many people, I would imagine. It resonates with me, and I'm sure it resonates with many in the audience as well. Because we've all been there at some point in life, and maybe we are there right now, and hopefully you find some solace in the message that's being shared right now. And as a follow-up with the question, now we go into the future. Let's say we'll pick a date 10 years from now. You see all the amazing things you've accomplished on a personal level, how many people you'll be able to help your children growing up into fine adults, and everything else you've done is beautiful, and the world is a better place. And you get to sit down with your older self, maybe for 15 minutes, have a quick chat, and you could bring back something from that conversation to the present moment to help you on this path. What would it be? I love you. I'm so proud of you. You did it. Yay, you did it. (laughs) That's it, right? Like, And I love that message of like, it's okay, right? Like as much as we don't think things are okay in a specific moment, on a deeper level, we should trust us and say, you know what? It's okay. This is for us, not happening to us. And exactly. try to it in a certain way so you can, like you said earlier, 
find the lesson in it. Like this challenge I'm being faced with right now, it's here to give me a gift. Maybe I can spin it and I can look at the gift side and not the other coin, which is the fear. Yes, obviously. Great. Okay, I'm, I want to ask you this, Erica, before uh, we wrap up here. Is there anything else you'd like to mention to the audience? The stop of mind for you is something that we haven't chatted about yet. Oh, gosh, there's so many things. Uh, we could do another podcast episode. Exactly. So we all have karma, right? We are like the old energy and we come with a lot of karma and our karma is entangled and connected to everyone else's karma. And that's also, you know, our karmic shit is being also a reflection on what is going on. So there's so many angles that you can heal yourself. I also do karma clearings in the Akashic Records. So that's one angle to go in and to, you know, radically remove these old programs from previous lifetimes. You become aware of who you are on a soul level, what star you are born on, or where you're from, your gifts and your abilities. And or you can work the other way around, as I said, with the body. And but even though that you do karma clearings, obviously it involves the body. There's so many ways. So if there's, you know, anything that I've said here today that is resonating with you, good. Then I have paid back a part of my karma when I was depressed and, and suicidal. I listened to Oprah Winfrey show and I don't know who was there or what was said. But there was one sentence that resonated so much with me so I didn't commit suicide that day. And if there's, you know, here today, if there's one word that I'm saying, one frequency, one sentence, then the circle is closed and I've paid back my karma in one way or another. That's why I love to do to be on podcasts because I know that People listen to me all over the world and I would never have been able to reach so many people, you know, from where I am by myself. And again, we do this together, you know. It's not about me and what I can do by myself. It, it is about what we can do and co-create together. So I'm truly, truly grateful. And I know, I know that, you know, on a soul level, we have all chosen to be here at these times we have all chosen to be here with a specific assignment, a specific task. And I mean, I, I commend you, Constantine, for having this podcast, broadcasting to people that are listening to you uh, and you have an impact on them, whether you know them or not, whether you know it or not. You influence people with the words, the energy, the casts, the spells we cast. So, and we all have different assignments. And I know one of my assignments here on earth is to guide us through this ascension process, this paradigm that we are in, this awakening process that is, you know, occurring all around the globe. Because at the end of the day, it comes back to that we are living lives that are not sustainable for ourselves, for others, or for this planet. So yes, we have awesome. to wake the fuck up and to see, you know, ourselves in the mirror and to see, you know, how am I contributing to this mess well maybe you know if you do a lot of shopping or you know constantly need a new phone or a new telly or a new kitchen renovation or a new pair of boobs i don't know you know fill in the blanks then you are contributing to to the mess then you are contributing to the pollution that we 
that we see in the environment today. So, you know, the time is now to shift, to change, to transform, to become the greater versions of ourselves. 2023 is the year when we are supposedly to connect even deeper on who we are on a soul level. And 2024 will be a year that's an eight. So that's, you know, stirring up the shit collectively. So we are in for some interesting times and we always have a choice. Remember that. I think that's a such a powerful way to end the conversation here. We have a choice and it sits with us. And if I may add, most people I know of and talk to and in the past talk to and even online when you see people posting about this, it's like, well, what can we do about global warming? What can we do about climate change? What can we do about A, B, and C? We're just a tiny insect compared to whoever is doing this. And then people give up. They don't do anything. But what I'm getting in your message and what I'm seeing more and more in my life as well is that, yes, you may not have an immediate impact. Maybe you won't see it for a day or two or a week or a month or a year. But the more you change yourself, the more things you do to improve your own circumstances, the more you impact those around you. And now they have a choice to follow in in your footsteps or in their own footsteps by looking at you as an example. And all of a sudden you have like a snowball effect or a ripple effect where more and more people are changing. All of a sudden those changes you thought were impossible because they require so many people to come together. They're not very much possible. For sure. And like what is going on in the world also, you know, we can say no. We can say no to our governments. We can, we, the governments are here to serve the people, right? And the word government also translates into govern as in control or rule, and meant is mind. So the original meaning of the word government is mind control. You know, just reflect upon that. So we can say no. The governments are supposedly to be in service for for us. So they are elected by the people. And, you know, so we can say no. We can say no to things that doesn't resonate with us. And we can say yes to things that resonate with us. And we all are talking about uh, climate changes. But are we willing, you and I willing, for instance, to not use phones, computers, etc., so much because it takes tons, 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 tons of energy to keep these servers, you know, to cool down the electricity. So just by using these scrolling, you know, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, we are contributing to the global warming. So to take radical responsibility, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do in your life? that makes a difference. Absolutely. I, I, I love that, Ulrika, because while it could be big changes that we have to make in our life, it all starts with small changes. Yes. Right? Maybe yes. you order a new phone every two years instead of every two years, right? That might be a step. Right? Exactly. There's other smaller steps we can all take to make it uh, um, a better world. And I, I would imagine it's not just about climate change or global warming. It's about, like you said, all the things that we have inside and that we have to clean first. So what we put outside is clean and healthy so we can affect everything around us. Yes, yes. The, the clearing that I do, raising my own inner vibration is 
contributing to raising the collective consciousness. And I just also want to do the metaphor of like an arrow. When you have this arrow and you want to move forward, right? We want to move forward in life. We want to move forward in our relationships, etc. We want to evolve. But first, before you can move forward, it's like this force. You need to go inwards. You need to, the, the same amount as you want to expand or move forward, you need to, you know, pull backwards. So this is also the movement that we need to do, each and one of us within us. So even if I want to evolve, if I want to, you know, contribute out there to things or whatever, then I need to withdraw, then I need to pull back the energy first and to see what's here, to clear my own shit up and then, you know, to allow the arrow to fly in its direction. And I love that analogy so much as well because if we think about the motion of the, the bow and arrow, you don't have to go that far back to generate a lot of energy moving forward and a, a lot bigger of a distance than the one you cover going backwards. But it is about going backwards first because you have to step into that uncomfortable situation, do the digging, do the yeah, work, yeah. and then come out a lot stronger. I love that. Thank you so much for, for sharing that analogy. It's a beautiful way to look at this. So let me ask you this. Before I uh, let you go today, where can people find you? I know you shared your books. I'm assuming they're available on Amazon and other places. But where do people find more of you or if they want to work with you? So I am, my website is www.ulliskarlsson.com. That is U-L-L-I-S-K-A-R-L-S-O-N.com. Ulis Carlson. Maybe you can also write it down so people see. Oh, yeah. It's going to be in the description as well for everyone, right? So people can click through it. That's good. But if those are listening and they can't click on the links, now you have the, the place where you can find all is set. Well, thank you so much, Ulrika. It's been a pleasure. I've learned a lot. And I can't wait to chat with you again. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Constantine, for having me. And uh, I um, hope that we can talk another time, you know, to dive even deeper. And I also would like to thank you who's listening for taking your time and your energy because the more we are listening to people with experiencing, you know, hardships and how to move through them, the more we can also sort of, you know, clear out our own challenges and hardships and to grow and evolve. So thank you for having me, Constantine, and thank you for listening. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. To find out more amazing content and episodes, please visit UnleashThyself.com or you can find us on social media.